We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, Lori, I watched this weekend an incredible, it was, it was a video on marriage by Anley Stanley, and it was wonderful. Jay and I took some time to kind of go through this session, and it was about expectations, and it kind of talked about what do you have in your box of expectations, and I thought this would be a really great conversation to unpack together today. That's great. About our, not just in marriage, like this one was specific for marriage, but it got me really thinking about in life, our expectations of life, of friendships, and most importantly, of God, of what does that box of expectation look like? So it kind of started the video saying like, when you get married, you have this box that you fill in that pretty much for females, we've been filling our entire lives of what our box looks like for our lives when we get married, children, house, career, what you name it. And you start putting all these things in your box, money, whatever it may look like. And then when you get married, you actually say, okay, it's your job now to take this box I've been filling for years and to fulfill this box. It's your job to make this box happen. And Jay and I had hilarious conversations about it, thinking back when we were in our early 20s, we got married and just what was in our box. So we started to talk about in our 20s, what was in our box? Like when so we got what, married. what was in your box in the beginning? That's such an interesting thing. Yeah, well, Jay's box, interesting enough, Jay had a really small box. <laughs> That's probably why it was so easy. Very small box, but my box was very big. Like my box really had to do with like a certain level of standard of living, a certain, I wanted a house, live in the country, certain dogs I wanted, how many kids, like where I wanted to travel, ministry. I had these big specific pieces of our box and we came to realize even in a relationship in a funny way that Jay actually didn't have much in his box and he kind of was happy to carry my box, but actually wasn't always happy to carry my box because then it became like this also like he he had a burden a little like bit. Like a weight, yeah. A weight. And this, he started to put this expectation on himself that if I don't fulfill all of these things in Rhonda's box, like I'm failing. Right. And so it kind of started this really neat conversation for us talking about what does that look like in your relationship. And after we, we kind of had our great chat about it and even what we look like now and like even reassessing what is in our box. Like what am I, where has even the boxes turned to? Well, I've, I fulfilled this for you. So now you owe me a piece. Like, oh, interesting. Like trade. Kay. Like I've done this. I've carried this part of the box for a long time. Kay. So now you owe me to carry that. Okay. And I'm going to actually put into your box what you have to make happen because I've taken stuff out of your box and you owe me now. Oh, an wow. interesting nuance that does happen in marriage is that Absolutely. you don't actually think about. But during seasons of our lives, I was like, oh, I can see that subconsciously we were doing that without even yeah, without, realizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't overt. Yeah, or like this was a really hard season. Like we went through in our marriage many years of transitions. Jay had quite a few <laughs> career transitions and children in the midst of it. And you know, when you have a lot of career transitions, it does create some instability and you're, you never know what's really coming. Some uncertainty. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't, it was just how life kind of unfolded when he went into ministry and then realized it wasn't, he wasn't really 
called into full-time ministry, more marketplace, trying to figure that out. Now that was resolved 15 years ago. That hasn't been the case. But in that time, I remember thinking like, well, I'm going to hold this. And now, you know, it was a hard season. Now you kind of owe me to make this happen. So not so much, but in that I would say it, but you know, that was a lot of stretching or a lot of having to pair, just for example, pairing back financially to really have to let this all unfold for you and and to kind of put that first time, all the energy. So now you have to do this for me. Like I want you now to work really hard so you can actually fulfill this dream for me versus it's actually not about that. And that is really unhealthy, but it was a really interesting conversation to look back now, 23 years and to say, what have, (laughs) what was all those ebbs and flows? Had we known this maybe in our twenties early, like recognized this box idea and the owing idea, been more in tune with that, it probably would have stopped a lot of the hiccups. Now, it's been minimal, but enough that there were ripples that we had to come through. And then cancer season, we were saying, funny enough, cancer season emptied all of our boxes because all of a sudden we're like, we didn't even know at the beginning if Jay was going to live, what it was going to look like, if he'd ever be able to work again. Like, so everything got dumped back on the table And it really was a godsend, like a restart in our marriage, in our emotional health in that was seven years ago that God literally like just kind of repivoted a lot of things that we were doing that we thought were good. But looking back now, we're like, oh, those were those were actually not healthy behaviors. And so it was just a beautiful talk. All that to say, this is not a, a podcast about marriage, but it got me thinking about, it could be in your own life, like listen to it. It's a really powerful mess, a really powerful video, but it really got me thinking about my expectations with God. And most of the frustrations spiritually I have experienced in my own life have been because I had with God a box, a God box. And I will be talking about this in a message because I feel like this is really powerful that we don't talk about it because it's kind of subconscious sometimes. Some things are and some things aren't that we talk about with God, but I had a God, I have a God box. And when God doesn't fulfill my box or I don't see things moving in the right direction mm-hmm. or things are taken from my box, I'm really hurt by that. And where has it come from that I actually feel like I own the things in my box? It's a very interesting thing to unpack. So I thought that would be really a really great thing to unpack today. So wow. what are your thoughts? Like even as I'm just kind yeah. of putting those things out on the table. I think that's really, really fascinating. I mean, even the conversation around expectations is such a fascinating topic because I do think that a lot of our pain in life and our like lack of fulfillment and lack of contentment comes from unmet expectations. I think that really feeds so much unhappiness in our lives. Um, you know, myself personally, I've kind of been one of those people with low expectations. And so I, I would say like in a general, in a general sense, not completely, but in a general sense, there wouldn't be that much in my expectation box in life in general. It wouldn't be that much with Jason, with my husband, there wouldn't be that much expectation from friends. And like part of that, I think, is not necessarily like from a healthy place. Like I'm not saying like, well, you know, like I, I, I don't have any expectations, not from that place. But I think part of it is a bit of self-preservation, mm. honestly. Like, like I think I, I've kept my box sort of my expectation box sort of empty be- out of a fear of being disappointed, out of a fear of being let down, of, out of a fear of, you know, people not being able to meet 
meet those expectations or be there really really be there for me like i i think like a core fear like you know how people have core fears mm-hmm. like you know like that i'm going to be alone or will i be loved or you know like these core fears i think my core like at the core a fear of mine would be that like people aren't going to be there for me People aren't going to be there to stand up for me or to protect me or mm-hmm. to help me. or, And so I think in order to navigate that, that really core fear, I think I, I, pl- I place very low expectations on everyone and everything just so that I can sort of try to control my disappointment mm-hmm. when people aren't going to be there for me. Isn't that, isn't that, that's kind of, sorry, that's quite deep. <laughs> That no, but that's an incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible insight, though. Yeah, you, it's true. People might be listening, saying, "Well, I I don't really have that much." So, or my spouse is a much more demonstrative personality, or much right. more of a visionary, right? And I've been happy to go along, but when you actually strip that back, what what is that? What is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so maritally, you know, I would say probably like Jay would have. I don't know if I, I we'd, we'd have to have this conversation. It's going to, this is going to spark an interesting conversation that I would love to have with him too, just to see how he thinks about it. But um, when you were talking a little bit about the I owe you, mm. um, something, a funny, like a funny <laughs> I owe you came right to my mind in our marriage. And that is that like Jay loves dogs and he loves his dogs <laughs> so much. Like Jay and I share that super like that like, heart we both have pictures oh of our dogs gosh. yeah like, like when we go for walks he says oh. hi to the dogs he doesn't say hi to the people he says hi to oh. every dog i know that's why jay and i we just like love that friendly I know. to the dogs like you'd think he was the nicest oh. guy but he doesn't talk to people i talk to all the people oh. and he loves his dog <clears throat> excuse me so so we have this deal okay so we have this i owe you deal going on that as <laughs> long as he has a dog for and right now we're going on like eight years or nine years that we've had our dog our smelly uh <laughs> farty <laughs> farty <laughs> noisy um dog um shedding dog by the way i just like to add <laughs> to my case <laughs> to my box as long as we've had a dog we need to have a break from a dog once this dog is no longer with us which we don't speak of so <laughs> so anyways that's the little when you were talking about the oh I was like oh man wow that was making me feel convicted because I was like that's so mean but I I don't like having dogs in my house so anyways I guess maybe it's a negotiation I don't know we'll see yeah totally. we'll see what happens I'm also the one man like you can make me do anything so if you just put enough pressure on me I'll, I'll cave um so yeah that's one of the one of the 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 um yeah, negotiations that we have. One of the what, what did you call it? It's like the IOU. The IOU. Yeah, it's funny because they could yeah. be serious. I like you don't even know it's subconscious. No, no. Of how you're withholding even to yeah. say like, no, I've done enough. You owe me now, you owe emotionally me. Yeah. or whatever it may be. And that's exactly what it is. You owe me you ten owe me. years without a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without a smelly, well, stinky dog. In I my told house. Jay they were kind of part of our vows. I said for death to his part and a dog always like it was like literally. Oh, I know. We got married. I said until I can't look after. And dogs. I felt bad for your Jay because he doesn't really like dogs either. No, he doesn't. Like he he likes them. Like we like dogs. Yeah, we just don't like owning dogs. No. But we like dogs. Like, I love seeing dogs on the street. I'll pet them. I'm friendly with dogs. I love animals. I just don't like owning animals. 
I know he's the same. If I didn't want a dog, he'd be totally happy not to have a dog. <laughs> and one of the complaints are is that I kiss and hug my dogs way more than I kiss and hug him. So it's very much a very much. He's always like, seriously, I'm like, I love you so much. Jay. I don't know what it is. It's like this little nurturing animal. I don't know. Jay's very affectionate with his dog, too. I know. I love my dogs. <laughs> always love dogs i know jane i know that's why we talk a lot about our dogs when we're together so funny but all that to say but is that an interesting conversation about expectations and i the thing is like it was really neat in the talks i could probably wind back a little bit because the box starts with hopes dreams and desires yes which we all should have we're made in the image of god god's given us the desire to dream hopes and desires those are all really good things it's when they then turn into the expectation on somebody else to fulfill yeah. hopes, whether dreams, that's and desires. a person or whether that's God, right? That's so right. then, if you have them in your marriage box, then it's given to your your partner, your spouse to fulfill. But if maybe that dream hasn't happened yet, then you've got this God box. God, like you owe me that's to make right. these things happen. These are my dreams. Like that's these right. are my desires. You know the desires of my heart. There they are. Why aren't you? Why aren't you doing, giving me these things? That's right. I, yeah. The, that's like a recipe for a lot of pain and disillusionment right. if those things don't come to pass. You know, one of the things in marriage, I remember early on, you know, I definitely as a teenager, like really, really wanted to be married. And really for me, being married was just about like doing life with your best friend, like just finding your best friend and being able to do life with them because I always liked to have people around and to, to enjoy life with people. And so this idea of like having a partner that could be with me in everything was just so wonderful and exciting. But I also did have in my dream box, my, my hopes and dreams was I did want four kids. I really did. And marrying Jay, like he, he didn't really outrightly say if he wanted four kids or not he said he wanted kids I was good enough with that we didn't make a deal or anything but once we had a child he was like I think I'm good like one (laughs) (laughs) then we had a second child and then he was like oh no I'm definitely good and I literally had to cry and I don't cry but I literally had to cry (laughs) like please let me have one more child please and then the last child was a gift from the Lord so (laughs) (laughs) so that box so the four kids came but again that probably wouldn't have been that definitely wasn't in jay's box in terms of like what he would have hoped for or like specifically but definitely was in mine and did come to pass which you know i am so so grateful for but there's one right Mm -hmm. of like here hand this over and please let me I know Please so interesting yeah. when you start to actually assess your life or you think of even that box outside of marriage to say for your kids your kids are born think of when you when you you're having a child you put all these things in your oh, box wow. of what you would want for your children oh wow and all of a sudden you give them that box wow and you say you're gonna you're gonna live that you better now, I, you better fulfill all I these things i am fully convicted of the box i've handed to my children wow. and that's i think the journey of parenthood that could be the journey perhaps even with god you've had a dream to be married or a dream for a child and those things haven't happened and you've said god like that's my i expect you to do that and if you don't you're you're not holding listening or you hold yeah. withholding the thing is our boxes are all unique we start with these hopes and dreams but they all all meant to be surrendered that they're actually not ours none of the stuff in our box is ours and the hard part gets is that there could be things in your box that are like your deepest deepest desires like the biggest pieces of your box and you don't those don't happen in your box. They don't f- get fulfilled 
But then you look to your neighbor and they have them and they've got, they seem like they've got a box full and yours is half full. Isn't it interesting? Like I've just been thinking through even the box analogy of how even our expectations are God, but then how we compare, right? How it just gets into this, this realm that creates so much resentfulness, so much bitterness, pain, hardship, rejection, because first off, we feel like God doesn't care about us or our children. Like we just like, why am I failing as a parent? They're not doing this. I had all these hopes for them. It just was a very, it's been an interesting thing to look at my life in the sense of boxes on where I've placed things and where maybe even those things in the box I've held really tight. There becomes even, there could be things in my box I can have flow in and out. They're kind of not as weighty because there are weights in your box too. Mm. Certain things I hold a lot more weight to that I have an expectation for my kids, my expectation for Jay, my expectation of God, my expectation of relationships, of my parents, of my siblings, of you name it, you name it, of myself, you name all those things. And then when you actually start to, you're like, wow, there's, there's a lot of dysfunction happening here. And it just helps you say, okay, God, help me to dump every day, dump these things on the table and realize you fill my box. God wants, it's his delight to bless mm-hmm. his children, but it doesn't look always the way we think. Yeah. And some of the things he chooses to bless us with may not have the same weight that we've put in, but we have to trust right. in what God is doing. Right, right. And all of that, you know, really comes down to a surrender to the sovereignty, the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Like there, there is this place where we do have to release, especially those dreams or desires that we have or those things that we've placed in the box that, you know, have not come to be the way that we thought that they would. And like, I just wonder... You know, I I even feel just this prayer sort of coming out of my heart, like, Lord, would you give us a perspective on your plan for our life as opposed to us maybe making our plan for our life the the final and the ultimate? Mm -hmm. Like, God, in the midst of all that we're carrying and all those expectations and all those hopes and desires and dreams, Lord, would you help us? to put your will and your plan and your desires for us above those. Mm -hmm. Not that maybe, not that we abandon them and never have to think about them again, but would we place yours as higher? I just feel like that prayer because again, like I think that's the place for a lot of us that is the most painful. And again, somebody like myself who has very low expectations in that one way, it's a bit of a gift because that surrender process is not quite as hard because again, I'm trying to, I think part of it is a trying to preserve this feeling of being gravely disappointed. Mm-hmm. So there's a, an, an easier letting go so that I don't have to feel, you know, and live in that, in that space and that disappointment. But, but at the same time, you know, so many people, and I know even yourself, like you've had to really let go and release and surrender and lay down and put on the altar Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some hopes and dreams of the way you thought it was going to look Mm -hmm. or be or Mm -hmm. manifest in your life. And they were real true desires, desires that maybe even came from God, but maybe looked different. So Mm -hmm. how for you, did you let those things go or surrender or kind of come to terms with that? Oh, and I'm like, I'm a fighter. I always joke that. Well, I don't joke. I really resonate with Jacob in the Bible because mm. he wrestled in the dark. I've done many years of wrestling, many years and many years of weeping over grieving the Holy Spirit out of all my wrestling and fighting. 
wasted time, I felt like. But that's how God's wired me too. But I felt that I've, I've spent a lot of energy in the wrestle versus the surrender. And so that has never come easy to me. I've been a visionary since I was little. Like you could tell me, even now, I'm very particular about what I like, what I see. I see it. I know it. I want it. I, I'm very much that way. And But that is also the part that God deals with me with the most breaking, the limping of my hip has come with that of humility to realize like there's things that God's done circumstantially. It's a gimpy wrist. You have, you have got the, the <laughs> gimpy wrist, I, gimpy wrist. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But there really has been season that God's brought me to. That's literally had to been like, uh, like whether it was through the season when Jay had cancer, whether it was like through seasons of wrestling, um, through ministry, different questions. God's brought me to the end of myself in different situations had to, for me to almost have to let go. And as that has kind of, as I've grown older in Jesus too, like knowing him more and trusting him more, really it was a trust issue. So it could be on one way you don't have expectations because you're you're afraid they won't be being disappointed. And for me, I could have so many issues, so many that I don't let go because I don't want to be disappointed. It's like I- So you're going to hold it. I'm you're going to hold, hold it, it and keep fighting. Versus God's got better for me. It's like mm. that fear of like, I'm going to be disappointed wow. if it doesn't happen this way. And I think through time and the history and the faithfulness of God and his work of the Holy Spirit, it has helped me as I've surrendered and seeing the goodness of God in a different way. But looking back, I'm like, wow, had I done it that way, wow. I would have self-destructed. Like, I don't know myself as, I'm more afraid of what I can do wow. now than I am of like, okay, God, take it. Because I know what I can do. I, I know what I'm capable of. Like, yeah. where I can take something, you yeah. know? And so, I think that just comes through allowing God. That's only God. It's only God bringing you on that journey. And I think it's just a beautiful moment to step back. And even as you're listening today to say like, what today, what do I have in my box? Or if there is an area that you're really struggling with that you just can't seem to break through. Well, first there's strongholds. We've talked about that, but also what, what, what do you have in your box? Like what, what are you holding onto in your box that you're not willing to let go of? Because for you, it's like values attached to it. Or if I don't have that, for some reason, I don't have significance or I don't have my identity or I won't be successful or I won't be seen a certain way. Why is that so important? It's not even necessarily what that is. Why does that hold so much weight? Really? It really is uh, an interesting process to go through with the Holy Spirit in your own and life. Powerful, powerful, powerful self-reflection of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, of going, going on that journey. Wow. You know, one of the stories in the Bible that is for me that I really relate to too is, is the Abraham Isaac, right? Mm -hmm. Is just laying down, taking the promise, whatever you believe that is, even if you believe that's come from God or that desires come from God and being able to lay it down to say, God, you're even more important than mm -hmm. this thing that you've given me, um, you know, and kind of going through that continual process. And I, I just, like I love, cause even as you're describing sort of the journey of the wrestling that you've done with the Lord, you know, one of the things I've learned over, and it's been through, it's been through pain and it has been through allowing the pain of disappointment in, which mm -hmm. again, acknowledging that pain, dealing with that pain, surrendering to that pain. It's helped me actually to be able to put that trust in the Lord 
for whatever is to come, which means that I can hold everything very lightly and very open-handedly because I trust that God's going to make a way Mm. for what he wants and what he has planned for me. So I don't have to work so hard at making my own way, at coming up with what I think it's going to look like or doing it my way. Because it's not that like from the perspective of expectations that I don't have a lot of dreams. I do. Mm -hmm. I'm a dreamer. Mm -hmm. Like I'm definitely a dreamer and I've got a Mm -hmm. lot of dreams and visions and like ideas of what could be. But the Lord has led me on a journey um, to the place of, I don't need to see it happen the way that I would would imagine it could. Mm -hmm. I can actually let those go on the altar and trust that God will make the way he has for me. And if the dreams are part of my destiny and my purpose to fulfill, great. I would love to be a part of that. If they're not, if they're just setting the stage for someone else to come behind and fulfill or, you know, for my children or a legacy, like whatever it is, I'm, I'm totally, totally okay with it. I feel like sometimes he gives me the eyes to see what could be, but then I don't always get to be a part of it, but sometimes I do get to be a part of it, but I don't get to know that absolutely. So um, I feel like over time, the Lord has helped to build that trust relationship that I can just give that to him and mm. say, okay, God, in your way and in your time, whatever that looks like, right? Now, as I say that, maybe not with everything, some things I definitely, you know, grab hold and try to run with. And then the Lord says, no, 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 slow down. <laughs> I didn't want you to do it that way or go that place or no, you stepped ahead of me there or, you know, so there is always that I don't do that perfectly for sure. But I just, I love that that trust relationship has developed over time mm. through starting to acknowledge and deal with the genuine places of hurt and disappointment wow. that have come, right? That is Because I had to get there for years and years and years and years. I just didn't even acknowledge it at all. Zero. Wow. Like not at all. It probably wasn't until my 30s, like mid 30s, that I started to actually say like, oh no, that actually, yeah, didn't look the way I thought it would. And that's mm. painful. That's hard, you know, and started to bring, let Jesus into that place to bring healing. That's so and powerful, bring his perspective. Honestly, that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think like, even as we're talking, this is the joy of God is that because we're made in his image, he wants us to dream and to hope and have desires. Like, I just want to reiterate that even as we're talking about all those things, how uniquely he's made you, like you are such a visionary. And it's, I love how you said like, yeah, you have so many dreams, but you hold it lightly. And I think that's what we're talking about today because funny enough, it brings me to the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego where they're in the fiery, they, they're about to go in the fire and they say, you know, we believe God can, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to praise him and serve him. Like we're, this is it. Like we're going, we're, we're going. going in. Like we believe God can do anything, but even if he doesn't, he's still God and we love him and we're going to praise him and we're going to glorify him. This is kind of the whole story. And I feel like this is kind of, that's a beautiful philosophy in life in the sense of how we pray. We pray the big prayers of faith, not because if God doesn't answer them right away, we're like, well, I'm not going to pray that ever again. Yeah. I'm not going to believe for healing. I'm not going to pray for signs and wonders because God didn't do it. We pray because we know God can, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to praise we're him. We're not responsible for the outcome. We're still going to praise him. It's not our lives. We're still going to believe. But we're going to keep praying those prayers of faith because of who God is. God wants us to have, he loves to hear the desires and the hopes mm-hmm. and the dreams. He's made that in us. He yeah. wants us to hear us talk about it, pray about it. But even if he doesn't, 
we're still going to praise him. Even if he doesn't, we still have great significance. Even if he doesn't, the way we think, there's still an incredible purpose because God has said he works all things together for our good. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. For I know the plans I have for you. For I know the plans I have for you. Not, I know the plans you have for me to do for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says, I know the plans I have for you. And what is it? Plans not to, not to harm you, but to give you hope in the future. So right there, it's about trust. Do you trust the plans I have for you? Right. So sometimes those boxes in some people's lives, they look like they maybe have dreamed. And we can hear these stories and be like, what? And some of our boxes don't look anything like what we had hoped and dreams. But every day it's dumping that box in front of the Lord and saying, listen, all of this is yours. I'm going to dream and even talk about it. Even if you don't. But even if you don't, I trust you and I love you. And I'm going to give my life to serve you because we are just passing through this even even when I think of the house it's almost like a little cardboard house it's not even a house it's just like a little holding tank it's not even it's not sustainable it's everything in yeah. there is biodegradable it's not gonna last yeah it's literally all just little things that are not gonna last it's not concrete it's not like gemstones it's, it's like temporal temporal all temporal yeah but God cares about those things so I think it's walking in those tensions of wow God cares about all these things in my heart he wants to hear me pray into them not be afraid to declare them or to pray them, but at the end say, but not my will. Like I'm dumping this all out. Even if this doesn't happen, I'm going to love you, but I'm going to share all those things in my heart. Yeah. And what does it say? God's heart is to give good gifts to his kids. Yeah. His delight is to bless us, but we can't hold on to these things in the sense that this is our God loves us only if God hears us only if God has significance or has called us only if that's not true. That's yes. not true. Yes. Okay. Let's contrast this idea with, you know, this philosophy that you hear out there, like the secret, like oh, um, right. manifesting, manifesting what you want, you know, positive thinking, the power of positive thinking, believing you're going to have what it is that you want, you know, at, with absolute certainty and, you know, it's going to happen for you. And there's this like whole wave of cultural thinking um, that is trying to permeate, you know, sort of the masses and society of like, this is how you get what you want. You know, the, the whole book, The Secret. Which is another do doctrine. It's not real. So contrast that. Well, I should say it's not real. But. Contrast that with like what we're talking about today mm -hmm. in terms of like dreams, hopes, expectations. Like how do we align those things under God's will and God's way and not buy into this idea like how do we pull on the promise of God and the power of God and the for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to give you hope in a future how do we pull on the truth of that without crossing over the line of like trying to manifest what it is that we believe that God wants for us or we believe those plans are how do we how do we navigate those worlds in this day and age and in this culture? Because it's very real and it is very dominant. It is. And it is a twist of, it's actually a twist of scripture. It's not, yes. this is not God's yes. word. Yes. You know, it's funny. Even as you're talking, this is such a Western world yes. philosophy. Yes. Because I'm taking this, would this go to every single country of the world? No. No, and I think of even Hebrews that one chapter in Hebrews Hebrews 12 that always gets me when it talks about those that gave their lives well did God not have a plan in the future for them 
And they never saw. And they never saw. Over and over every man of God. They never saw the fulfillment of what was promised. But they were faithful. Constantly says they were faithful. They were a friend of God. They were true to God. They were faithful, but they never saw the fullness of the promises that make the promise not true. I know. Right? So I think, okay, so this is just me processing this big bomb conversation. Like this big question right now. I know, I know. But I feel like we are still flesh. Like we're never going to get this perfect. And there'll be areas that could literally be such a deep desire that don't happen in our whole life. We, we have it's to, a struggle. We have to struggle to always release that and not be bitter or not be like sad, re- overly overcome with that. Okay. Whether it's not being able to live in grief, living grief. Okay. Yeah. Whatever it may be, fill in the blank. Um, but I feel like the more we press into God and the more we, because there is a power about declaring scripture and uh, declaring life and decrees and all those things. There is a power to that of this power of the spoken word. But as we surrender to God and say, not my will, your will, and allow his will to become our will, it's almost like I look back in my life. This is just the, the problem not articulating this well. But if I think back in my life, things I really wanted. But as I've allowed God to do a process, things have not worked out the way I would have thought. But actually, they are exactly I'm so happy with how they've been. Hmm. God's will has worked itself in my life that my will can become his will. Mm. Like I can celebrate what's happening to say like, as he does a work, the Holy Spirit only, this not by my doing, but as I surrender, it's like he starts to seed within me his desires, mm. his will, his heart. So the fruition, it's it comes different. Like, Whereas maybe years ago, I would have seen something a certain way. But now as I've allowed the transformative work of God, I can now see the work right now and be like, oh, it's not that. If I would have just looked at this, I would have been disappointed. But actually his will and what I'm seeing with his eyes, it's way more beautiful. And I acknowledge with such gratitude the faithfulness of God. So I think we can allow his will, the seeding of his will to become intertwined with us and we're transformed into the image and likeness of Christ from the inside out, that we can be transformed the way of thinking. It says to be transformed, to not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know the good and perfect will of God. So I think it comes as a word transforms us, the Holy Spirit, as we've been talking about that complete transformative work of God. Will we get it right every time? No, and that's that's not it. But there is a point where we can actually become transformed to actually want what God wants, to see what God sees and to desire what God desires as we become transformed in that place. That's powerful. That's really good. That's mm-hmm. a really good description. I think that in, um, you know, it reminds me of Genesis mm-hmm. in the Garden of Eden when the serpent said to Eve, you know, did God say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? You know, and she said, no, 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 just, just from the tree, just from this one, you know, uh, Again, he just he just slightly twists what is what God says. He just slightly twists it so that mm. it sounds close, but it's not exactly to bring confusion to us and also to just sort of get us off, but not completely off mm. so that we still think that we're serving God. We, we still think that we're being obedient to what God says, but it, there's just a slight twist on mm. what he has said to us in order to get us slightly off course. And I think this idea of manifesting and this idea of the secret and this idea of, you know, positive confession and all of that, I think there is a biblical principle in it. But again, it's rooted in self. It's rooted Mm -hmm. in what I want, what my will is, what my dreams are, what my desires are. 
as opposed to aligning those things with what God has for I know the plans I have for you. Are we aligned with the plans God has for us? And again, mm. his word is full of all of his plans for us. Mm. His word is full of all of his promises for us. So if we're aligning our life to the word of God, then yeah, that mm. transformation is going to happen where our dreams, our desires will begin to mm. fade in light of what he has planned mm. for us, right? Mm -hmm. So that I think is the, but it's very subtle. These things sneak in very, mm. very, very subtly. And um, like, I'm not, I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with, you know, desiring something or even um, mm -hmm. envisioning it or Absolutely. seeing it or visualizing what it is that you desire. But again, if that desire is not in alignment with God's will for your life, you are on a dangerous path because you are fixating and focusing and putting a lot of stock in something that may or may not happen. Totally, Lori. And that may or may not give you life, right? Because again, if, if all you want to do is get married or have kids or have this certain job or get this certain promotion and you're fixated on it and you get that thing, you realize this actually is not the ultimate thing. Hmm. God, only God is, only God in our relationship so with God powerful. is. So when we fixate on those things, we can actually get disillusioned even as those dreams come true because they don't bring the fulfillment we mm -hmm. thought that they mm -hmm. would. We're just on to the next and the next and the next and the next, opposed to aligning our ourselves with God's word and what he says and what his plans are for mm -hmm. our life. That will bring us true life, true mm -hmm. abundant life that Jesus mm -hmm. promised. That is so powerful because it is true. Like even as we're talking about like this is a process, like as you become transformed and conformed, like transformed or being conformed, it takes time. It's not like overnight. This is. Yes. Uh, so, yes, we're talking about dreams and death. Can you be really sad? Does it take time? Yes. We're not saying like, oh, just move on, like surrender to God, get over it. That's not what we're saying. And some things you just don't get over. Yep. Some things there could be big losses that happen. And yep. you're like, wow, this is not how I pictured my life great loss grave loss oh my gosh pain of like even injustice you just name it oh like, my goodness so many things can happen in the box we're not even just talking about oh, you yeah. just put even injustice and things that get oh. put in your box you're thinking this is not how i pictured accidents totally sickness like fidelity like, marriages you think of it oh. anything exactly sickness a loss someone dying prematurely you getting really really sick yeah. disease you name it okay like this is all in the box yeah. and we believe and pray and losing then, a child oh, like like yeah there's so much that can we're not like that's what i mean like we're just talking about things we want to put in our box never mind what life and circumstances put in our box yeah <laughs> because jesus even said in this world you'll have trouble like be ready your box is not going to be cut and dry it's not going to be controlled but take heart I've overcome. And I think that is the greatest thing that when I even think of martyrs, cause I've read m like many books on martyrs. So I think about around the world, the martyrs that are martyrdom that's happening now, the persecution that's happening now. This is such a Western world gospel of like, you know, the secret, you name the underground church. They're not even thinking about the secret <laughs> like that. They're just, they consider it they a just want to live they want to, to the next day and so they like, can spread the gospel. Exactly. And if they die, they consider it the greatest honor. Why? because of the joy like Jesus the joy we are not Jesus but 
as Jesus has modeled the joy set before him, he endured great suffering because he knows this is not it. Like this is not it. It is another life eternal life so the joy set before martyrdom or those that have gone through suffering yeah, yeah, yeah. when they capture to be like there is a joy before me like this god yeah. will make all things consider new it all joy consider it all joy yeah. but still in that tension believe for healing believe for signs and wonders believe what god can turn to good what the enemy meant for evil can be turned for good it's all of those things happening and just even thinking about a story i just read not too long ago it was about the early church in Acts, when you read about the outpouring of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, the church went through at that point, like horrific time of suffering. They were lit on fire as torches. They were put into lion's dens. They were persecuted. Think of all the, the apostles, pretty much all of them but one, yep. were were killed yep. for and young. Like many, some lived a little bit longer, but not all of them lived full years, yeah. just paid the price. And the church went under such persecution. And you look, just three to four hundred years later, you know, most of Rome becomes Catholic. And we think of, you know, the whole history of Catholicism and all of that. But you think all that they paid, the price that they paid, the joy was that their life here, they were surrendered to God. They knew that they were gods. And whether it was a cho- the and I know this is getting a bit heavy, but whether it was their life, they were giving up mm-hmm. like that. They want to live full life in their box. I'm sure it wasn't like, oh, I want to live 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I don't want to die. Toward, like, I don't want to be suffered. I don't want to die this way. But they were willing to allow God's plan and purposes for a greater purpose that they would be made new in heaven. It wasn't even about earth. What they did mattered greatly in heaven. But honestly, God sees the eternal perspective but God had such a plan for the churches to come, for the generations to come. God's plan is always unfolding. And part of your part in that plan is a part. It's a part. It's not the fullness of the plan. And like in Hebrews, we may not see the promises. We may in some things, but other things not. But you're a part on an ongoing story of the of the church, the big church yeah the establishment the of the establishment church of yeah. the church the bride and of you matter your life matters and if we just give up or we just say wow this is not how i wanted it and flip the box and say i'm out you're you're actually so significant your part matters your part matters yeah and so i think this is all of our talk today to be like you know your journey is going to be different than someone else's your journey with god may look different with god than you envisioned and your box may be filled with a lot of other stuff that maybe you never planned. But if you're looking to your neighbor and you're like, wow, their box seems like it's everything they wanted and mine is like everything I don't want, just know that God, you are significant and your box is actually extremely significant, but it's all his anyway. And I think at the end of the day, when we leave this earth, none of this comes with us. Not our spouse, not our relationships, not our kids. Outside of like, we can't bring them there. We can pave the way but only souls come as they choose to respond to the invitation. I can't make my kids come to heaven with me. Yes, that is my declaration, prayer, and inheritance as I'm saying that out loud. But every person, that's the only thing, even that I can't make happen. I can't make anybody come with me to heaven. That is their own decision. But what I am responsible for is me with with, with the Lord. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's what really matters. And we allow the journey to be what it's going to be. And we embrace the journey. And we want to have joy in the journey. And lean on one another in journey. But realize that all of our journeys matter. 
and all of us have a significance in the big unfolding of the church, whether this is the end of the age or the generation to generation to generation to come. So don't give up. Don't let resentful take you out of the resentfulness take you out of the game. Don't let your comparison or your feeling that God is abandonment take you out of the game, but embrace the life that God's given you. And even in embracing it, perhaps some of those things in that you have, God, you've placed a lot of weight to them. That God's saying like, you know, that's not the way. Like, let God just kind of work in that box with you. And uh, I know that maybe I went all over there, but I just feel like this is all what it's about because we are built for eternity. This is but a breath. And even it says in Psalms, help us to number our days, to realize our life is but a breath. But that breath matters greatly in the kingdom. But you matter. You matter. Hear me today. You matter. And you know, there's this book I was reading on Corey Tamboon, The Hiding Place, and she never got was able to get married and did struggle in her early years with that. And I'm just using this as an example. And she was talking with her father because when she was taking into, like she went into the Nazi camp, she was from Holland. She wasn't Jewish, but hid Jews in their home. Her, her dad and her sister hid Jews and they, her and her sister never married. And she was in her forties and she fell in love with a man who ended up getting married and she was heartbroken. And in the book, her father, I'm not quoting this right, but she was so devastated. She had all this love built up that she wanted to express in marriage. And her dad said to her, what if God has that love to be flowed out a different way? Are you willing for all that built up love to be flowed out in a different way. Are you willing to let God do that? It was kind of to that. And it really like impacted my heart that wherever that void is, sometimes we feel like that all that love is now lost or all of that dream is now lost because it was built up for one thing. But what if God is going to redirect that? What if it's meant for something different that there is such a significance you have to play that that love is meant to be funneled a different way or that passion or that focus and that, or that time, energy, finance, you name it. And it really impacted me in that book to say, God, may I never pigeonhole like my love or my attention in one direction, but allow you to flow those streams of my life the way you would have it to be. And so that was just even me thinking about my own life and where it may be, even what I have now, I'm not guaranteed to have forever. I, I'm not even guaranteed tomorrow with my own life. So may we just live it fully embracing God with joy and honor that we get to live every day. It's a gift. I love that you brought that into an eternal perspective because I think that is the point of this whole conversation really yeah. is that all that stuff that we have in those boxes really is a temporal thing. It's not an eternal thing. These are all the temporal things of this world. And yes, they matter to God because we matter to God, but they don't matter in the same way that they matter to us. They don't mm -hmm. matter in the same way because God actually has such a bigger story written for us to play out in our lives, both here on earth and for all of eternity. And so I think that's a great place just to end this conversation on is just to say, Lord, take everything that we have yes, in our box, yes. everything in it we have in our relationships with one another, in our relationship with you, all the dreams, all the desires, God, we actually lay them all down at the foot of the cross mm. and help us to have a perspective on eternity in light of all these things, the things that you have prepared for us to do the good works that you have for us to walk in God the plans that you have mm -hmm. for us the plans for a hope and a future that you have for us God we take all these things in our box and we just lay them at the foot of the cross yes. and we just ask you God to absolutely 
absolutely transform our hearts and our minds and our perspective and help us to see it through the lens of your plan for Mm. us and your Mm -hmm. will for us. If we have all kinds of love and all kinds of goodness pent up inside of us that we're just waiting to pour out on one specific thing, God, would you redirect that? Mm -hmm. And would you help us to pour that into making your kingdom here on earth? Mm -hmm. Because we know that that comes from you. Mm -hmm. So give us a perspective, an eternal perspective on how we can pour that out here. God, for the sake of eternity, give us an eternal perspective. That's our heart and our prayer. And God, we just thank you. God, we just thank you because I just want to encourage each one of you to continue to hold your position, hold the position that Christ has for you, what he's called you to, all that he's given you, hold it, stand firm in it and know that it comes from him. I love that. And you can be sure to trust your king that he has given you breath. You're here with your king. He's walking with you every day and he's going to walk with you into the next life, into eternity, where we will see the fullness of our king and the fullness of what he's provided. So just hold fast, hold fast to your king, follow him, keep your eyes on him and allow his kingdom eyes and heart to be birthed within you so you live with great purpose and significance in the here and now not just waiting for what if or waiting for what's to come but in the here and now because every day is a gift and he's with you today god bless you thank you for joining us today on the awakening moments podcast we pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life and we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.